Hi, my name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode 14. Discovery is not recovery, and neither is relief. I spent my entire adult life and some of my adolescence trying to discover who I was and how to be better. Now I understand that I needed to heal. Back then it was vaguely about being quote better. I thought if I just read enough books, went to enough workshops and seminars and retreats, completed enough workbooks, joined enough groups, and practice just the right kind of spirituality, I would arrive. I honestly didn't know how far I really needed to go before I would, quote, arrive until I came into recovery. I simply had no idea how dysfunctional I was until recovery. My main 12-step program is a people program because I grew up learning dysfunctional ways of thinking and of relating to others that were so deeply entrenched that I couldn't really see them, like a fish not being able to see water. Those patterns that I could see, I thought were good. I didn't realize they were dysfunctional. In fact, I remember thinking that I'd inherited the good qualities of both of my parents and none of the bad. People-pleasing is a good example of something I thought was good. I thought I was nice. I came to discover that people-pleasing was a quality that I had and that it was dysfunctional and that I was trying to manipulate people with my behavior, trying to get them to like me or at least think certain things about me, like Barb is nice or Barb is helpful. And I could have stopped there, just discovering that people-pleasing is dysfunctional. Okay, noted, good to know, people-pleasing, dysfunctional. But discovery is not recovery. And that is something I see many people who come into the rooms of 12-step recovery do. They discover what their problem is and they think that they're done. So they leave recovery. Or maybe they stick around and never actually do the steps. One of my sponsors likes to say, coming to a 12-step program and not doing the steps is like having a winning lottery ticket and not cashing it in. Well, I was in the discovery phase for almost 40 years before recovery. And yes, I learned a little something here and there, and I changed a little bit here and there. But there is a huge difference between discovery and recovery. Discovery is intellectual. Recovery is behavioral. In recovery, we think in solutions instead of in problems. Recovery means you actually change. Deeply entrenched patterns of thinking and deeply entrenched patterns of behavior change. There was a reading from one of my 12-step daily readers that used a great metaphor for my experience in recovery. It talked about digging up a riverbed and changing the course of the river. 
This feels like an apt description of my experience in recovery. I feel like the bed of my river has changed course. I know that my neural pathways have changed because I started having completely new thoughts several years ago once I got into recovery. I remember thinking, where did that come from? I've never thought anything like that before. Don't get me wrong, discovery is important, but recovery is the focus. We can discover many helpful things, but we cannot read ourselves into change. This is a program of action, 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 action. As my first sponsor said, we cannot think our way into right action, but we can act our way into right thinking. This is true in my experience and in the experience of the people I've seen who recover. Becoming an information gatherer is a form of control itself. We think if we gather enough information, we can reason out a solution without doing the actual work of recovery. We cannot. If we could have, we would have. This is why many meetings end with a quote, it works if you work it, so work it, you're worth it. It's not, it works if you read it. And we cannot recover alone. This is a we program. We recover together. We are compulsive and obsessive in isolation and we heal in community. We need to interact with others in recovery to practice the principles and tools that bring about real recovery. The key to moving from discovery to recovery is the desire to recover from whatever your fellowship addresses. That's tradition three. With desire comes willingness and willingness can take you very far in recovery. What I tell my sponsees is that willingness and your higher power will get you through anything in recovery. I heard this about willingness once, and it was really helpful to me, especially in the beginning. I am willing to use a needle to remove a splinter from my finger. I don't want to use a needle to remove a splinter, but I am willing to do it. So it goes in recovery. You don't have to want to do the things you're asked to do in recovery, but you must be willing, willing to do whatever it takes. Recovery takes effort, sometimes monumental effort, which is why we need a power greater than ourselves. If you think about it, the dysfunctional behaviors we engaged in pre-recovery, like manipulation, controlling behavior, dishonesty, cheating, people-pleasing, etc., also take effort, lots of effort and lots of energy. If you steer that energy towards your recovery and you tap into your higher power to help you, if your recovery is anything like mine, that will be enough. And you will have plenty of strength left over to enjoy the avenues, the new avenues that have opened to you due to your new way of life. For me, it was a relief to see the fruits of my labor and recovery from doing the steps, going to meetings, hanging out with fellows, and making conscious contact with my higher power. And speaking of relief, I want to say this, people. Relief is not recovery. This is another thing I've observed in the rooms of recovery. People come in, find some measure of relief, and then leave. 
What they don't seem to understand is that relief is not recovery. Relief is temporary. Recovery has the potential to be long lasting as long as you keep doing the work. Relief is also shallow, whereas recovery is deep. Think about this. When the 12 steps came along, it was the first time in human history that droves of people were able to recover from addiction. This is an illness that has plagued humans at least since history has been recorded. It is actually built into the steps that working the steps is meant to be an ongoing process. We are meant to keep doing the work. Once we recover, we must maintain our recovery. Remember, this was the first time in human history that addiction was able to be tackled by droves of people. So there's something here in the 12 steps that other programs don't have. Step 10 says, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Note the word continued here. By the time we get to step 10, we've done our major inventory in step four, but there's always more to be revealed. And there's the word when. It doesn't say if we were wrong, promptly admitted it. It says when, because the assumption is you will fuck up. That's because you're a human. It's what we do. We make mistakes. Hopefully we learn from them and hopefully we apologize or make amends. If we want to maintain our recovery, then we must apologize or make amends. Side note, many, many years ago, when I read Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I thought it was crazy that once a week he did an inventory. He'd go back through his week and look at what he did and think about what he could have done better. It's so funny to me now that decades later, I do this every single day. And yet back then I laughed and scoffed at the thought of doing it weekly. He was clearly on to something. Anyway, back to the idea of the steps being an ongoing process. Step 11 says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Note the word improve there. That means the process is getting better, ever evolving, so it must be continual. And then there's step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others who still suffer and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Carrying the message is not something we do just once. We do it repeatedly. One of my sponsors liked to remind me, Barb, you don't just carry the message. You are the message. That means the way I carry myself, the way I treat people, the way I behave, the way I live my life as a, quote, sober person of dignity and grace who is happy, joyous, and free is contagious. It's especially obvious to people who knew me before recovery because they could see the profound differences in me. And for people who didn't know me before recovery, at minimum, they get to interact with a healthy person. And if that person happens to be someone mired in addiction and and dysfunction, then they'll have a model of healthy behavior. This makes me think of a couple things one of my yoga teachers said recently. First, she said, health 
equals power. I was like, whoa, that really resonated as true in my experience. When I was exceedingly unhealthy before recovery, I was drained of energy, of power. And then she said this, people believe people who have vitality of life. It's not good and it's not bad. It's just true because they know that vital people take care of themselves. I was like, damn. Anyway, back to step 12, where it says, practice these principles in all our affairs. Again, the assumption is that this is an ongoing process, all our affairs, not just some of them, not just until you get clean or sober or abstinent, all our affairs. So discovering what is wrong or getting some relief from our suffering is not recovery. If you want deep change that lasts, you must fully immerse yourself in the program. Do the steps, go to meetings, socialize with fellows from the program, get a sponsor, reach out to others, consciously connect with your higher power. And don't forget to reach out to others when you're doing well, as well as when you're not. Because if you're reaching out to other people when you're doing well, it's going to be infinitely easier to pick up the damn phone when you're not doing well. Now, I realize I've used the word must a number of times here. And of course, that is just my opinion about what it takes to make a deep lasting change and recovery. So take that for what you will. And remember, discovery is not recovery and neither is relief. That's it for today. If you like what you've heard here, then you just might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, head on over to my website, which is higherpowercoachingandconsulting.com and click on the contact menu. I'd be happy to schedule a consultation with you to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can be sure to get future episodes of my podcast. Thanks again.